this from Bill. Hi, Jeff. Is there a God? People have faith there is, and equally there isn't. Neither can prove the other right or wrong. Bill, let's discuss that next. This is Mornings with Jeff Hutchison. Now, among the newsworthy stories, the issues, the politics and the people, the eclectic, the exotic and the downright silly. Well, we occasionally on the morning show drift into deeply spiritual territory. And today, we're tackling one of the biggest questions of all. Is God dead? At least in Australia anyway. Tom Frame is one of this country's very finest writers, not just on matters religious. He penned a a splendid book on HMS Sydney only last year. But his new book, Losing My Religion, is an exploration of what Australians believe or don't. Tom, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Jeff. Tom, have we become such a nation of disbelievers? Have we become so disdainful of things like religious fundamentalism that our spiritual landscape is a, a barren one other than the odd tumbleweed blowing across our dusty heart? <laughs> Look, I would have to say that the spiritual landscape is changing. Now, if we go back to 1901, when there was the first census conducted across all jurisdictions asking the same question and people were asked to state their religion, nearly 97% of Australians self-declared as members of one of the four large Christian denominations. That is, they were Anglicans, Roman Catholics, uh, Methodists or Presbyterians. Now, we know at the last census, that was in 2006, there was quite a dramatic drop. We're down now to just over 63%. And of that 63% of self-declaring Australians who belong to a a Christian tradition, there are many, many more in the mix. Now, there's another 5% of Australians who have a religion other than Christianity. But the interesting figure is we've gone from a very small group of people who said they had no religion or objected to answering the question in 1901 to something now approaching 30%. Now, in a hundred and... You know, 105 years, that is a lot of change in landscape very, very quickly. That's right. In 2006, 18% of us reckoned we had no religion. Another 10 didn't want to answer the question. Put them together, gets pretty close to one in three of us having no belief. Tom, we also hear that church numbers are down. But do you think that is a true indication of, of whether we believe in God? Or is it maybe a reflection of religion becoming perhaps a more personal experience for people, not defined by the confines of a church? Yes, like I think there's a few things going on. I mean, the first thing is that people who that I meet and say, well, I wrote no religion on the census form. You know, I believe in God, but I'm not religious. And so there's a kind of disconnect for some people between believing in God and that equals religion, or that they say, I'm a very spiritual person, but I'm not religious, or I don't have a religion because it's not formed up with doctrines and creeds and things like that. Uh, For the 10% who didn't answer uh, the question, I have to say there are people among there who have written to me and said, uh, I object to being asked, it's a matter for me, not for the state, or I think the state's being intrusive and it has no right to know. So don't think necessarily that I believe this or that because I didn't answer the question, I don't think I should be asked. What I think is happening is that many people simply don't know what they believe. They haven't formed a belief, either because they think belief is unnecessary or it's irrelevant or it's never become something they've turned their mind to. So to say that we are a a nation of of unbelievers 
isn't true in the sense that people are still saying they belong to churches. But then even people tell me, well, look, I wrote Anglican on the census form, but I don't know that I really believe in God, whatever God is. So there's a great deal of confusion and uh, terminology doesn't help us in getting a handle on what people think and believe in this country at the moment. You're listening to Tom Fran, the author of Losing My Religion. But Tom, do you agree that we're never really a great nation of believers in the truly Christian sense that the people who came to Australia uh, didn't come here fleeing religious persecution or things like that? Oh yes, I've uh, I've said consistently over the years that I believe Australia is a nation with Christians and not a Christian nation and I know that there will be people who having said that I'll get a new round of email of people trying to insist that Australia is a religious nation because of the preamble to the constitution and there'll be other bits of legislation which they will allege uh, equals a Christian nation. But look, I don't see it in those terms at all. I see that we have a culture which from time to time seems to have religious undertones and even overtones. So uh, say HMA Sydney, for instance. Uh, We know that when people gather and commemorate, something religious will happen. Uh, It's almost expected. Now, whether it should happen is another question. It's what people think ought to happen. So there are moments in our national life and throughout the year when people want to do something to touch what they think is the transcendent, the new and even the divine. Now, they're not sure what form that takes, but they want that to be a part of life. The number of people who say, I'm an atheist, either a positive or negative atheist, or they're an agnostic, is actually very small. Now, they may not realise they have the choice in answering the census in that way, but the number of self-declared people of those particular ways of looking at things is small. I actually think indifference, and that's what you're sort of suggesting, yeah. may be the, you know, the prominent view. Indifference is, is probably what most people think and feel. Yeah. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. If you've got an observation you'd like to make, Tom, I want to obviously talk about your own personal experience, and I want to read you a bit of you. Um, <laughs> I am a Christian because the claims made about Jesus of Nazareth are, to my mind, reliable and compelling. There is sufficient persuasive evidence to accept the testimony of his first followers, who concluded they had encountered the Son of God. But if the case against believing is cogent and compelling, it deserves to be explored and examined, most particularly by believers. I don't want to live a life that's based on delusions or shaped by deception. If it can be shown that Christianity is built on nothing more than distorted testimony, flimsy evidence, existential angst and wishful thinking, I'll certainly join other Australians in losing my religion. Getting any signs of it yet, Tom? <laughs> well, I have to say... I I mean those words sincerely, that I'm always open to people who want to say, do you believe for these reasons, or this basis of your belief is contestable? Have you heard, you know, this line of argument? Or, uh, there's certain things you call evidence, I don't think they're valid. Now, there are some people who simply want to dissuade me from religious believing because they don't like it for for cultural reasons, or, or they may not like it for philosophical reasons, and they just want to win the argument. And I meet those people from time to time. I want to join those with those who are truth seekers, so to speak, people who want to get a handle on whether there's some things we can know with confidence and reliability and place our, 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 our convictions in those things. There are also some, and the text message we had a few moments ago is that, you know, we can't know anything about anything and therefore, you know, for people to speak with confidence about the beyond is impossible. I'd like to hear that as well because there is no point me living my life with my convictions and thinking somehow they're right if they don't accord with those of others and others are saying to me, well, maybe your experience is contained within you, maybe your religion is just 
you know, inevitably and ultimately just a personal thing yeah. because it doesn't resonate with all of human life. And they're the kind of conversations we need to be having. Yeah, I guess the argument that your your argument is is one that a lot of people would think uh, think about. You know, I I believe this, but uh, I, I'm happy to learn otherwise because it would seem that that many people. Um, uh, do not have belief these days based within a church or that organised hierarchy, but within a framework of, of belief in, in the spiritual and otherworldly. So in that sense, to them, God is very much alive? Yeah, I think so. I mean, some people say, I believe in myself and that is enough. Other people say, I believe in some uh, some deity, but I don't know what that deity is like. And, you know, given that deity's done a pretty poor job of self-revealing, uh, I'm going to live according to the best insights that I've got from my own will, from my own makeup or from those of my family and friends and community. I think belief is varied in Australia. Uh, everyone believes something. Now, whether they're religious beliefs, I think will reflect to some degree what their upbringing has been, where they've been, and the extent to which they've considered the issues. I find, as a Christian, that many people have rejected a whole range of things that I would never believe and do not believe. So it isn't the case so much of Christianity uh, being tried and found wanting. Some people reject a parody of it, and there are plenty of parodies available to reject. Yeah, you're listening to Tom Fran, the author of Losing My Religion. Let's take some questions and some observations. Peter, hello. Hello, Peter. Peter, it's either raining very heavily or there's some dreadful static. I think we might leave you alone. Alex, hello. Good morning, Alex. Hello, Alex. Alex must have gone over to Peter's house. Uh, This is David. I'm here. Hello, David. I'm here. What's your your question? Hello. Oh, rapid eye movement. I love it. (laughs) What's your question? I'm just wondering what your opinion would be on this because I, I, I love the idea that we're connected religious, what's the word now? I'm going to get tied in words. But how many people do you think have studied religion in the terms that religion is actually a man or woman made, a person made thing? Uh, Jesus was just a phenomenon. Uh, How many people know what actually happened? They show up at church, but do they know what occurred in the last thousand years? Well, I suppose there's a couple of ways to look at it. I mean, one of them is is that people say that uh, the evidence of Jesus' life, for instance, is beyond the realms of you know the proper kind of testing that you would expect to see. Uh, no, I don't. I plainly don't think that's the case. I do think you find within the four Gospels a reasonable account of what those who walked and talked with him thought and felt. Yes, they're trying to write because they believe certain things about him that they want to persuade others. Uh, but in terms of historical evidence, uh, I think there's plenty of historical evidence, first of all, to say that he existed and to say that there are certain things about his life that had an effect on other people. Certainly the view that he wasn't put to death, well, he was put to death by the Roman army, but that he was risen from the dead and the third day there was an empty tomb. Those kind of tests ought to be applied at least to the Christian faith. The first part of the question about are there people who think that uh, all religions are humanly made? I think that that view is increasing. They've listened to anthropologists. They've listened to people who've studied cultures. And I think there is a line of argument now that says, look, if none of them right is right, then all of them are wrong. Or if all of them appear to have human constructs, then maybe ultimately that's that's all they are. 
I would have to say that religion at the moment is under more pressure than any time in the modern era. People are asking the kind of questions they ought to answer. Sometimes, though, I think they don't stand or don't stand around long enough to hear the answers or participate in the discussion. Um, if it was so easy to knock down the things that I believe, I would have stopped believing some time ago. So uh, I'm about starting a discussion that I hope people might might abide with to see where we end up with it. Uh, David, thank you for your question. Uh, Tom, why do you think that religion un is under more pressure now? I know there have been, let's say, times in the last hundred years when it was under you know, the pressure of political doctrines like communism or fascism and things like that. Uh, has it become more under pressure because uh, this year, as we mark uh, the anniversary of the birth of, uh, of Charles Darwin, is he, is he one of the most significant figures in the argument that has, has maybe attempted to tear down the walls of religion? Yeah, most certainly has. Uh, earlier this year, I, for the anniversary, I published a book called uh, Evolution in the Antipodes, Charles Darwin and Australia. And in that book, I pointed out that there's a, you know, you can divide up Australian belief before and after 1859, although Origin of Species didn't arrive in the colony till March of 1860. But uh, what people thought Darwin was doing was removing one of the principal pillars of religious belief, which was that you could look at nature, see design. If there was a design, therefore there was a designer, and that designer was probably a deity that they call God. Mm. So Darwin did cause, certainly in Britain and a little bit later in Australia, a rethinking of the foundations of religious belief. Now, I find people who say that, dis that Darwin certainly disproved or disqualified religious belief. Darwin didn't think that's what he was doing himself, didn't think that was the outcome of what he'd done. What he did want to do, though, was to say, if you're going to argue for God on the basis of design in nature, you have to look elsewhere, because his view was that what you saw was a whole range of modifications to organisms mm. uh, descending through a series of generations, and that you couldn't say that God was you know, obviously apparent in all that was, when all that was actually was, was the result of a whole bunch of mutations, uh, which were you know, in competition, those which were more, success, more successful survived. Mm. So Darwin is an important figure, but I don't think that he did the things that some people think that he did. Yeah, maybe some people find his argument more compelling today than he did at the time. Let's take a question from Max. Good morning, Max. Hello. I am an atheist. There is, to me personally, I've seen uh, no evidence for God. I see a lot of evidence for no God. I see that most people, the average person in the street in Australia and the average religion without going to extremes are all decent, good and, and working to the betterment more than anything else. Given all that, why should I or anyone else go and try and convince someone that there isn't a God it, when the likely outcome is that people that we convince will maybe be less happy, I doubt they'll be more happy, um, why would that, how would that improve anything? Let everyone be happy in their delusion. Um, and I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this in a bad way. And, and Maxie might even suggest that that uh, that you're talking about your own delusion as much as anyone else's. Oh, certainly, certainly. If someone could offer me evidence, and I have gone looking, and I this is not something I just came to to lightly. Sure. Um, it's and that's. I think before you before you need the, the discussion of whether God exists or not. Maybe there should be a discussion on whether people really want to know if God exists or not, because they may end up in a place they don't want to be with answers they don't like. <laughs> Max, Look, thank certainly you. I think. Yeah, look, Max, you're absolutely right. There are people who do not thank me because I want to rehearse the arguments against the belief in God. There are some people who say, you've unsettled me. Uh, you know, I had a nice 
you know, comfortable religious system that sustained my life and gave me meaning, and that was great. And look, you've come along and messed it up by reminding me of why some people can't believe in God. Believe it or not, I would rather, uh, Max, live with the truth. I'd rather live not with delusions, but with what actually is. It's when people are deluded, I think they do things that are neither productive for themselves nor for the world. Mm. Um, certainly the question that I, I put to atheists is, what kind of atheist are you? I mentioned before positive and negative atheists. Negative atheists say, look, I'm just someone without belief in God. Positive atheists are generally defined as people who say there is no God, and there are people who want to argue um, that there is no God. All there is is blind cold. Um, in many ways uncaring nature and our place in it. Mm. Now, I think that it is important that we don't quarantine off a set of beliefs, say even religious beliefs, and say, if they get you through the night, that's okay. I wouldn't be happy with wanting to do that because I see what some deluded people do, particularly in religious systems. They act in ways that are frightening because they think that unless you share their beliefs, you ought not to exist. Your presence is an affront to God. Right. And I wouldn't be content with letting those people, for whatever reason, continue to believe, believe those things um, for no other reason that I don't think God actually is encouraging them in that direction either. Yeah, look, we'll get to David, uh, who I think is off to teach some, uh, some uh, religious education at school this afternoon. But on that subject, you know, it's a question about where the role religion plays and where church doctrine at times seems to be at odds with notions of personal liberty and free choice to de decide how we live. And the reason I raise this, Tom, is we've seen this very pointedly in Perth over the last week with a fellow named Christian Rossiter uh, battling in the Supreme Court uh, for the right to die. And, of course, we have had a, 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 a moral, inadverted uh, commas, argument from religious groups uh, you know, pleading for that decision not to go his way. And that is that thing of, of, of what role does doctrine play in these, you know, secular and sceptical times of ours? Well, certainly plural times, in which case that there is no single Christian view on what the approach ought to be to Mr Rossiter, whose case we've been observing over here in Canberra as well. I mean, certainly my difficulty is, is when, if you like, religious people want their doctrines to shape the common law of the land. Uh, there are times at which I think the state ought to withdraw, that allow people to be moral entities, which, which is what they are, to grant them their ethical autonomy. Mm. And if they choose themselves or with those with whom they're in a, you know, in a close relationship to take particular actions, then the state ought to be very wary about intervening and saying, you can't do that. Now, if you cheapen one life, you cheapen all life. But it is the case sometimes that we want to use certainly the law as a blunt instrument and that certainly in churches, people imply that there is a kind of more monochrome view than there is. Um, I would want to kind of be of assistance to Mr. Rossiter, but, you know, um, whether or not it's the kind of assistance he is seeking, whether it's the kind of assistance that the church of which I'm a part would be happy with. Um, it's difficult in these particular instances to give abstract, you know, conceptual answers without, without knowing the man and the mm. suffering that he endures every day. Let's uh, probably only take one more call. David, hello. Hello, um, Jeff. Look, uh, uh, this uh, afternoon I'm going off to teach scripture in a state school. And I'm very positive about it, and very interestingly, creation is, is going to come up on, on the subject. And on your program, Can We Help?, you had a scientist who said, what happened before the Big Bang? And he said, nothing. Time started at Big Bang. This says to me, um, there was a, an order of this. Well, I use the argument with my kids. Uh, you watch TV. A TV, uh, uh, when you switch it on, you're, you're creating 
light and power, uh, but you're ignoring the history and the science that went behind it. And then the Bible turns around and said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Uh, your expert on uh, can we help said, what happened before the Big Bang? There was nothing. Big Bang started it all. Um, there, there is no really argument. But the biggest problem I have uh, is that when I was able to get a few more schools to have scripture in it, my biggest problem is that the church, local churches here were too scared, were not uh, interested mm. in going into the schools and teaching the, the religion. Uh, David, look, time's going to beat us. Uh, Tom, just an observation, people like David wanting to... to uh, uh, take religion into into our schools, um, is it becoming an increasingly difficult task to to, to send the message outside of, of, of different kinds of churches? Um, yes, look, it is. I mean, we, I mean, I certainly would not want to have scripture in schools. I think it's part of our religious tradition. I mean, the majority of Australians still say they belong to a Christian denomination. It's just getting very, very complicated. Uh, but I do think that uh, uh, there's you know, much good work to be done in reminding children that they're human beings consist of body, mind and spirit, that religion is part of everyday life that they will encounter and that there are arguments for and against the existence of God and that we do them a disservice if we don't give them the arguments in favour of a God and the kind of God who may be behind the order that we observe in life today. Tom, it's uh, always a great pleasure to talk to you. The book is a particularly interesting one, and thank you for being part of the program. My pleasure. That's Tom Frame, Losing My Religion. As I say, it was in November of last year we were talking to Tom uh, about HMA Sydney. He's also written books on Voyager, uh, very closely tied up with Australia's Defence Forces and uh, providing some spiritual counsel there.